Welcome everyone. I'm really excited for our guest today. In front of me I have Rob Dyer, founder of Skate for Cancer. Rob has skateboarded from Los Angeles to Toronto across three different countries. In his lifetime he skateboarded over 11,000 miles. He's toured around North America with different bands, hosted sold out shows, all in the name of cancer prevention and raising more awareness. He's one of the most beautiful and inspiring human beings that I know and he's also a dear friend of mine from high school. I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast if it wasn't for him, so I'm really stoked to have him here. And so Rob, you want to give a little bit of background on who you are and what you do, and we'll uh, start from there. Thanks Phil. Um, I feel the same about you. Thanks, I wouldn't man. have uh, done all those things that you said without you in my life, so I really appreciate that. Um, Skate for Cancer started about 12 years ago now. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Um, and we started by doing a skateboard marathon from Los Angeles to New Market. Um, and from there we've done uh, numbers of other skates, I don't think that's a word. Um, but yeah, we've done a couple of them and it's been a lot of fun and uh, we've put on a lot of uh, fundraising events through Skate for Cancer as well. Concerts, parties, things like that. Um, and the cause has always been very similar. Um, right now we're, we're focused on an organization called Wellspring. Uh, they basically support families that are dealing with cancer and offer a lot of uh, um, programs that support and counsel and uh, are basically actively emotional support for families that go through cancer. So um, I've always been a big fan of what they, that organization's done. And coming up, we have a bike ride as of tomorrow, um, leaving from Toronto and headed down to New Orleans. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. So what exactly inspired uh, Skate for Cancer? Because we went to high school together and uh, we grew up and you always had big ideas, but what was it that caused um, you to create this idea in your mind? Um, I think the initial um, idea came from people in my life that were going through cancer and uh, not wanting to feel helpless in the situation. Um, so often when we think of uh, diseases like cancer and AIDS and whatnot, um, that we just feel helpless and uh, feel like it's, it's, it's bigger than us and bigger than uh, us as a community, so I didn't. As a young person, you don't like to feel like that. You, it, uh, you just want to take action and uh, get out there and do something. I was lucky enough to have uh, a good group of friends that I told the idea that I wanted to skateboard from one place to another uh, to raise money to, to do something about it. That um, inspired me to, to basically get out there and do it. And obviously, Terry Fox was a big influence on me growing up. Uh, we always did the Terry Fox run uh, at the school and also you know with the family. Um, so yeah, just those were the kind of the influences in my life. Um, skateboarding was something I was just beginning to get into, and it was becoming something I was really, really loved to do. And it was kind of like, almost like that that punching bag for me when uh, you know you just needed to let out the anger of the world into something. It was uh, through skateboarding and pushing. Um, and so yeah, got on the road, um, and it was a, it basically helped me um, mentally to deal with what was going on. It was uh, it was therapeutic in a way. And was there a defining moment where you felt you had to do something like, because um, I believe you had your mom passed away, two grandmas, yeah. a friend Matt. Um, where was there a specific moment you can remember where you're like, this is just too much and I can't take this anymore? I think it was, I think it was definitely towards the end of uh, my mom's life that it was kind of like really hitting home. And um, I obviously I knew I wanted to do something to to help out and to hopefully you know, make her memory live on and her love live on and through a project. But it was, I think it was just really the, the sense of not feeling comfortable being at home at that time as well. Like I kind of needed to, at that 
do something, do something. Uh, I, I feel like it was spiritual for me, uh, being in the, on the road, and I think I've always kind of gone back to that in, in my life whenever things kind of get rocky. Um, going back on the road just helps me kind of collect uh, my thoughts, and yeah, for me it's become my therapy. It's soothing just being out there yeah. and pushing all those formers. Very simple too. It's very like you, you're just doing the you're going through the, the motions of a, a simple day. You wake up, you eat food, you start skateboarding, you take a break, you have a nap. And it's like it's very like simple stuff and you're very alone with, with well at times yourself until so you're like really working out those those things in your head and sometimes they get sometimes they get darker but at the end of it they end up getting brighter because you work through it. Well, I was number one of our first days on the road. I think I was in Mississippi, somewhere with you, and we did like 80 kilometers the first day. And it, it was, was raining like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what did I sign up for? It was like the most treacherous thing. And I just remember just the amount of pain. And there was just days where blissful heat too, right? Because yeah. I started off in the south and it'd be like scorching. It was like three degrees. And so, but yeah, by the end of it, it really was soothing. It was just kind of, and we kind of uh, skated at different paces too, right? It wasn't like we're always together kind of thing. And so, it was just, I really enjoyed being on the road with you, but it was kind of came soothing and therapeutic and really gave you a chance to think about life and take it all in and kind of think about what do you want to do with it, right? So yeah. it down to the end. And so we, we get so distracted too, like in our, in our, uh, you know, our Western living kind of lives that we, we stress out about so many things, but when they're all kind of taken away and it's just you and, you know, your survival instincts of eating, getting through the day, um, you really begin to take the little joys out of life and enjoy the little moments instead of like, you know, always, like we always want more we, as in our society, we always like are craving to be more successful or crazy to be more uh, known or more whatever that when you're out on the road like that, there's none of that basically, like you're just trying to get through the day and it's, it's awesome. Well, impressed or surprised me the most, I guess the more important is like, the amount of people stepped up. Like yeah. along that skate, like just random people, like skateboarding shops, like police people, like you just find human beings that like would help out along the way, right? And be like, hey, you can stay with us for a couple of days. And so it was just incredible how there's like a safety net to the world, right? Where yeah. they just kind of be there and you're just like, if you just trust in kind of what you're doing and how we always kind of got by. Like there's days yeah. where we slept on the streets or on park benches, but it, it's kind of like it, it always worked out, right? It was never really as bad as we ever thought it would be. No, it was never as bad as we thought it was going to be. Um, and yeah, that was the one thing I remember running into a, it was the time that the, the, the vehicle went home, and uh, I remember running into a, a guy the second day in, and I was kind of beginning to stress out, um, you know, being by yourself with a backpack and a skateboard with no friends or anything, trying to get someplace you've never been before. Yeah, get into that a little bit more, because that's definitely a key, key to finding thing. There was like a big sponsor we had on the skate, there was a bus, and they backed out mid-skate. Like, how did that affect? That must be one of the hardest challenges on that skate. Like, give a little bit of context to what happened there. And that's yeah, hard. they just ended up, uh, it just ended up not aligning with them and what they, what they were looking for, what they hoped for in the beginning. And I think at that point in the skate, it was, it was definitely tough on everyone. Right. Like, you know, when you have an idea, a dream of doing something, sometimes that dream gets so big in everyone's head that when it doesn't immediately work out the way they thought it was, everyone thought it was going to work out. Um, that instant gratification, right? We, well, it's not even instant gratification. It's like, as people, we do this as well, like every day, like even like going to the gym. Sometimes it's so hard to go to the gym for five months when you're not seeing quick results or you're not seeing what you hoped you were to see after the first month of going to the gym. You know, mm -hmm. um, and for the skate, it was 
very similar. Like people didn't really know about it. People didn't really care about you know what we were trying to do, um, and we were always getting pulled over by the cops and things like that. So it was becoming really stressful on everyone, um, and it just wasn't it just wasn't you know fundraising the way we hoped. It wasn't uh, media wasn't picking up the way we hoped. There was so many things that just it was one after one after ever, uh, uh, one after another and another. I can't speak right now. Um, then eventually something did have to break. Like it was like, and uh, that was it. Uh, they ended up um, deciding that they didn't, it wasn't working anymore. And so they, for their reasons, they went home. And yeah, it was, I, it kind of was a relief as well at the same time because it, it stripped the state even more down than what it was. And it was just me, you, and Kyle in the car for a lot of the times. And that was great. It's like, there's a couple of days though where you're by yourself, right? I think so. That's kind of when I came on board was um, a bus that we had renovated for sleeping and that was going to come the whole skate kind of left us. And so we had to improvise. And I think it really, you know, it says a lot about you and your character, right? You easily could have gone home at that point in time and kind of given up too. But we managed to scramble, kind of make it happen, right? Like Kyle then got a car from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you were alone for a couple of days. Like I believe you just had a knapsack and the skateboard and that's it, right? You didn't have any support for a little bit. No, and Kyle ended up staying, and uh, he was the one in charge of figuring out how to get the car down and killed it. And I think he sent me a text the other day joking about that car. But like, I, that I car's awesome. It's probably there should be a photo of it in the notes for this podcast. I'll, I'll find something for sure. We put all these like all of our still sponsored stickers all over it, and I don't know even know how it made it. on the I side. Don't know how it made it? It's, it's like a caravan. It's like an old a car. A yeah, car. Yeah. Call it. But yeah, it was hilarious. Like the trunk would break every other week, and we'd have to like break into it, and it was just a, it was just a really funny car. But again, like I think the journey was more. You know, it's easier to look back on things like that and just discover what the journey actually was about. And for us, it was just about trying something for the first time and failing and failing and failing, and then eventually, you know, trying it again the next time and, and working out right. So like that skate was so important because if it, I think if it worked out, I don't think there would have been a drive to necessarily do it again. I think the drive to do it again was because it didn't work out and needed to have that, like, um, the idea of skateboarding from one point to another song. And what I mean by that is we often had to make up distance from that skate uh, in cities by skateboarding in circles, basically, instead of skateboarding from point A to point B. We'd basically get kicked out, like, some cop or some city would be like, hey, you guys can't skateboard. Oh, you were fine, you were roll buddies, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but we were skating, because we were skating, yeah. Yeah, skateboarding was not a thing that was allowed, but roll buddies was cool. They'd basically tell us, uh, you can't skate in our town, and then so we'd have to go and make it up in another town, and like, make up the distance, and so... It was frustrating, I know we always hated that when that happened. Oh, it's, it, it, it definitely made that skate towards the end of it feel like a failure, but um, that's when we kind of, like, tucked away for a while was because it was just like, didn't make sense to keep doing something that like you ha- had so many hard feelings during. Like it was a really hard thing to do and we didn't know what we were doing, uh, obviously. And uh, yeah, it made it hard to get back and do it again. But I think the most gratifying thing ever was doing it again and, and it worked again. Like it was something that we thought was gonna take five months and ended up taking us five years to do, right? And I think what I mean by that is that we often put our dreams and our goals in such small boxes of what we think it's going to be accomplished. And if it's not accomplished by then, then it's a failure. But it's like it's not necessarily like that. It just keeps chipping away at it. Like there's some 16-year-old musicians out there 
out of like that extra uh, 14 years of music that, or whatever I didn't do math well there but that's awful but you know what I mean it's like yeah. you, you want to sometimes it's, it's better in life to be um, to have more experience in what you're doing but do you look at the first gate as something that like I'm surprised you're saying that it didn't work like you know uh, no but because you did complete it you finished accomplishment like you know was it a success in a lot of people's lives like you I don't think it, I, I think it was a success in the sense that it got us back out to do it yeah. I don't think and like you learn I don't mean I, I wouldn't use the word failure anymore but I definitely use the word failure back then for it and that's how I felt towards it but now I use the, the word success because it it got us back on the road and it kept giving us the drive to keep doing it and I think that was my favorite skate just because of how hard it was and how much you learned. And I think as you get older, you learn to take those experiences and be fond of them, opposed to, you know, be upset at them. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm fond of those three days, that well, four days or whatever it is, that I was uh, alone on that highway. Like, that was crazy. And it was awesome. You, you get older and you're like, that was pretty stupid. But I probably wouldn't do that again. Kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know if I want to sleep under a bridge on a highway again. <laughs> probably not the smartest thing that yeah. I've done. But yeah. it was it was great. Like it, it, I'm sure my my dad was probably like couldn't sleep, but you know at home wondering what the fuck, <laughs> what an idiot. But um, my parents were not stoked at all. No. They were not very pleased with that no. trip. But no. so it's not the first time. No. Um, but you do things like that when you're young, and you just like you're so determined, and you're so like. And you say, uh, you were saying character, I, I don't think it's character, I think it's stubbornness. I guess, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it I mean, it's got, gets you through doing something like that. Like, you have to be stubborn if you're going to... Yeah, but being stubborn, like, you need that, right? Like, there's um, a Will Smith quote, right, where it's like, you have to be disillusional to kind of do something really crazy and successful. Right. Thing, right? So you kind of have to believe in, like, the extraordinary or else it's like, if you don't, it's like, it's really hard to get up every day and imagine and do it. It's like, because if it's rational and easy, it's like everyone's doing it, right? Because it really is about, you know, stubbornness, it, it can be a positive thing too, right? It doesn't have to be a negative thing. Like any word I think has a positive and negative meaning, right? right? Yeah. And so stubborn can be used in a good way, just not in a negative, doesn't have to be negative necessarily. Totally, and that, that stubbornness will lead you down like great roads, but it also lead you down stupid things that you're just like, well, I don't, that was, yeah, not the brightest moment. Like, yeah. So that, that skate I definitely would chalk up there is one of my favorite uh, memories of, I don't know, like, when you're 18, 19 years old, you don't, you don't necessarily do things like that, and I'm really happy that that's how, um, my friends encouraged me to celebrate, uh, someone I loved life, so it was a great way to kind of, to give something a try, and it led to another 10 years of, of doing those skates and doing little projects like that here and there, and yeah, it was, like, it's a blast. So what do you think like you could take away from it? Like, what, um, how did you learn to overcome obstacles? It didn't sound like the first day was pretty challenging on you, but like what life lessons did you pull away from that and kind of how do you overcome obstacles in today when you have moments where things aren't working out? Like how do you deal with overcoming that? I think I think as you I think life often throws you things that, that are different that um, you may tell yourself that you're able to um, have like a, a method to overcome everything because you've overcome one thing, but that's not true. Um, it's part of, I guess, life in general is trying to overcome different things all the time, and that keeps life exciting and interesting. That's what we're supposed to do as humans, I think. Um, but I think facing things that are 
not always obviously good at that. No one's good at that. But like that was the one thing I took from that is is and something like that happens in life is to really face it. Um, doing that skate prompted me into doing interviews, which prompted me into talking about it, which over and over and over again you talk about it, and so you begin to like really um, acknowledge it's there. I think for um, a lot of people that deal with death is they kind of don't acknowledge it's there. They talk about it for a bit, then it kind of goes away, and then they don't keep revisiting it. Um, I think by revisiting it, it really, I don't know, it, for me, it helps you, it really sink in that that effort is gone, and that's, you know, you, set, you learn to begin to celebrate their life as opposed to um, feel sad that they're gone. I remember someone the other day, it was like, I think it was yesterday, actually, for like 12 years, my mom's been gone. I remember someone saying, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. I was like, I don't even, I don't feel that anymore. It's weird, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. feel sad anymore. Like, I'm, I'm, there's moments where I'm just like, oh, man, it would be awesome like for this person to be there. But it's like, at this point, it's like, man, like, it's like, she's still alive. She's still here. She's still doing stuff through escape for cancer, through me. It's like, I don't know. I just never, never, don't feel the sad anymore. And I think that's a lot to do with the fact of how you um, celebrate well, death is one of those things that we, we we all face it, right? We're not going to escape it, and I think um, that's a big thing. We don't recognize that nearly as much, and if we can kind of put in the context that every day should be more precious and enjoyable, yeah. right? Because it will be taken away from you. You never know where it's going to go, and so it is about living every day to the fullest because it's, it's a precious thing, right? And I think it's like you can take painful experiences like that that happen to you and turn it into a positive and a blessing, right? And I think a lot of people... You know, when somebody's at a funeral and a thousand people show up, it says a lot about their life. And that yeah. person lives on, right? It's not their energy will always be present. Like, they don't just die. It's yeah. like they can continue on. And I think if you live a positive life where you touch people's lives, that's kind of how you can live on forever. Mm -hmm. I heard I heard a funny thing. It was his birthday the other week, and this person said, uh, oh, man, like, I'm getting old. They were, like, 31 or something. Like, I'm so bummed I'm getting old. And the person next to them's like, not everyone gets to be 31. Like, that's... Like why are you bummed? Like you yeah, get you get an extra year. Like that's that's sweet. Like like we often like we when we're alive we complain about being alive and getting older, <laughs> and then when we're like someone passes away, it's such a shame that they passed away. It's like we never really I don't know like just live for what it is or accept for what it is and, and rejoice in it. And, um, I think that's again one thing that the situation um, kind of brought out more in me was being positive. I don't think I was a positive high school kid. Um, I think that the situation and um, going through all those like obstacles in the first game, going through losing people to cancer, like definitely made me do a 90 degrees switch in my attitude towards life and my attitude towards people and um, I hope towards people and I hope towards life as well, but I, I felt very different. I felt very more um, optimistic and positive about situations opposed to um, no, I can't do that. I was never a good student. I was never really good at uh, grades and things like that. Didn't feel like I definitely could excel in that. But I feel like after those situations, I began to become more positive and became more um, able to accomplish things because of that positivity. Yeah, but I would say you're one of the, you know, one of the best of other people, like your emotional intelligence, right? And so I think you're a great example of, and I don't want to harp on the school system, it's just like how yeah, it's not catered for everyone, right? Yeah. And it's just kind of like, it's not about grades and education and memorizing stuff. And I feel like the way you communicate with people and the amount of people I've seen open up to you and like 
how your support system can look conscious in different places. Like it's unbelievable the amount of lives you touch, right? And that's really what I take away. And so, you know, and you can't put that on paper. It's like how good you are with people and how you connect and how the comfort level you create with people is what it comes down to, right? And so I think that in society sometimes undervalued and it's never shown on a resume. And that's why I've always been a, a big fan of the things you can't see on a resume. Mm -hmm. It's just like to me a resume is kind of it's overrated, right? Anyone can put things on there then make it look good and you can achieve things like but it's really like how do you connect with people? It's like how, how do you make people open up? Like can you be a support thing? That's what's most valuable, right? Yeah. I feel like eventually we'll get to a time where people won't get jobs based on resumes at all. Like you you won't get a job without going and spending a night with someone at a bar. <laughs> like <laughs> well, it's happening more and more, like in Silicon Valley and places that I hear about, yeah. and people like, you know, like they really want you to, what's your voice, like, you know, they want to talk to you first, it's just like, it, it's, then it's, and you look at companies that are growing culture, like Apple, Google, places like that, it's like, it is becoming more about the people and not just a workplace, right, and then your skills, like, it's always going to be important what your skills are, but it's also what kind of energy do you bring to that workplace, because if you're a negative or a Debbie Downer, it's like, Nobody wants that. Like whether that's a friend or whatever workplace, it's just like they, it, life's short. Like, they, they're just we don't want that. No time for it. I remember I was on one tour where there was a guy on the tour that was just in charge of like being positive. <laughs> like it. I guess the tour was so long that eventually they brought out one of their friends that was just like this ball of joy, and he did it. Like it was all every day. There was something going on that he was doing, creating on the tour, creating this environment. It's like. We often don't value that, but like it helps everyone get their their jobs done or their their what they're contributing to the tour. Mm -hmm. um, when you have this guy trying to make morale and everything like other, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's probably the most important job in life. Like, is to you need cheerleaders, you need you support. Need cheerleaders, yeah. If you don't, it's even putting out this podcast and the blog is kind of like how the amount of self doubt you can have for yourself, right? That yeah. it's not going to work. No one's going to listen. Like you can beat yourself up and I feel like there's something you said about having a support system in your life where you need those the people that believe in you and tell you hey like that was really awesome you need to keep doing that right because that's kind of what we hold ourselves back more than anything else totally. right? 90% of the time so yeah down to you. as uh, last night um, speaking with Chili's we had this like event uh, for Wellspring in honor of like the bike ride kicking off uh, my friend Cam from the Dog and Bear actually like, did all the work for it and put it all on he like it was crazy because at first I was doubting doing this ride again. I was like, I don't know if I could do it again. Um, I'm not a bike person. You're not a biker. No, I'm not a biker. But it, I challenged myself last year to do something different and do it. Um, went on it, fell in love with the, every, the people that are on it are all from different like careers, walks of life, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they all just get together and become best friends over this cause. Um, and it was definitely one of the most moving um, experiences I've ever had in my life is doing it with a group of people like that versus, you know, being out by yourself. Um, but then signing up for it was just like, and I, after last night, I was like, oh man, I can't believe I like, like doubted I didn't want to do this again. It's like, I don't know. I feel like challenging yourself for these like crazy life goals is like what keeps us um, going as people. And sometimes when I don't have um, a mission, like I don't have uh, a new thing to kind of conquer, just like every, every, I think every human's like that, um, we kind of begin to deteriorate as a person, like we right. begin to not feel as, uh, as useful, right? It's like, it's like those people when they retire, right? Like you see a 60 year old man retire, and it's in the same thing every, every all his whole life, he's been so good at it, 
when he retires, he just begins to dwindle away because he doesn't have that drive every day. Wasn't it you, my grandma passed away a year and a half ago, and my grandpa was a very active guy, biked everywhere, and it's just even seeing him kind of deteriorate, it's like, she was his purpose for living, right? And yeah. when, he, when she was around, like, he would be up and go to the store, get stuff, and he's like 75, like, you know, and so like, but he'd bike to the store, get fresh eggs, fresh groceries, and as soon as she's passed away, it's just yeah. kind of been like, and it's sad, but it's kind of like, we need that motivation, we need to like, keep us going, right? Because like, if you're not growing, it's like, What's the point, right? It's like, where are you going? What are you doing? Kind of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And I say, if you're, you're not living, you're dying, right? So, 100%. You, you gotta do one of them. So, what's next for you? Like, kind of, yeah, what's the, where do you see Escape for Cancer going? Or what's your next project that kind of you see yourself? Yeah, well, we, we talked about, me and you talked about doing Australia again um, after that escape. It ended abruptly from uh, an accident. Yeah. And I haven't really gone back yet. I've always wanted to. It's just such a, it's just a big mission to do with, like, Flights and everything like that, and being over there for six months, that it just kind of hasn't fallen in place yet. Um, that's that's on definitely the life list of, of something to do. Yeah. Um, from there, I want to climb a mountain. I don't know what nice. Never mind. You haven't mind. We were joking around about Everest yesterday, and then someone. I want to do Everest too. I should do Everest with you. It's getting dark though. Someone pulled. Someone at the bar pulled up all the dead bodies that are used <laughs> as markers on Everest, and I was like, oh man. Maybe I should look into this one first. <laughs> Everything else I just say yes to. <laughs> but this one I'm like, I'll look into it before I say yes. You might want to do a little more training. I think that's, you've always just jump into things. You're just like, mm, I don't need training. Yeah. I'll just skateboard. Just yeah. It's not a big deal. But yeah, you might, Everest is a little bit of a different cat. It was so interesting though, like that blew my mind that they, because the bodies are just there, they use them as markers now. So people will drag them to a certain spot and be like, you know, you got to turn at green boots. And it'll be a body with its green boots on it, and it's frozen because it's Everest. Right. And so it stays there for a long, long period of time, and so you'll turn right at green boots. And then the next one is you'll turn left at the guy buried in the Canadian flag. <laughs> and it's like, it's all these people that they use as um, different markers, which I feel like the people that passed away would be super stoked about. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'd want to be left there. I'm going to find somebody to climb Everest for the podcast now. I'm going to find somebody to interview them because I really want to know more about that. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Everest, though. Maybe we'll start with Kilimanjaro. Uh, okay, I think we gotta start. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna do more hikes in Vancouver and go from there. Um, in your opinion, what's allowed skaters to succeed? Like, it kind of, first of all, like when you did the first skate, did you think it was gonna go on for as long as it has, or kind of like was this your intention from the get go, or are you kind of surprised that it keeps living on today? I I thought the first skate was just gonna be a one skate. I think that was gonna be the end of it. Um, then after the first skate, I didn't think I'd be doing it at all again. And then after the Canadian skate, I wanted to do it forever. So um, there's, I think, um, once you eventually do accomplish something that you've been set out to, to do, you always want to keep doing it. Um, it was challenging to get on the road after Australia because it was almost like I felt like a failure again. Right. Um, but getting back and doing France again, you immediately have that energy of wanting to continue to do it. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what will lie ahead with it. Um, I, th I know I, I always want to be involved in charity projects. I think that's like, I don't know, where my heart lies. It's, it's always like, it, it's a very addictive thing. Um, it's that feeling like you were talking about of, uh, of purpose and, and I feel like that to me is my purpose in life is to, to do those things and to, to um, hopefully encourage others to get involved in different causes. So, uh, yeah, 
soon as I stopped, as soon as I stopped doing charity stuff here and there, I began to not feel that purpose. And so it, it, it just helps me live better. I'm with you 100%. It's like for me, it's like when there isn't an emotional fulfillment to what I'm doing, it's like I just don't feel like I'm doing something. Anytime I work in an office, like it's, you know, you just have a disconnect. Like, yeah, you're, you're making a good living, you're getting by, but I just feel like you're not giving back to the world. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing, right? Is it's like, what impact are you making at the end of the day? If you're not making an impact, like it just seems to me life's just not complete, right? It's yeah. like, what's that outlet for me? And so it's, it's a necessity to have that because it's, it's what complete, at least for me, it completes me at the end of the day, right? Exactly. I can't speak for everyone, but it's one of those things where it just brings me so much more joy, right? And mm-hmm. that's what I love the most about living is just kind of giving back. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's an addictive thing. It's I think it's something that as humans, it's kind of built into us. I think it's what makes us humans, is being able to affect the lives of others and um, having that intelligence to be able to, to, I guess, to feel it opposed to other species and I think that's a like as soon as people as soon as we give as soon as we really volunteer and really give our time um, I think until that day you don't know what, what, it, what it feels like and as soon as you do do it 90% people will continue to do it it's just like yeah it's what we're meant to meant to do totally agree um, what's the most inspirational thing you've watched or read recently anything that you've uh, come across Ooh, that's good I want to get back to that one I gotta think while we're there's so many things like I feel like I, I get inspired daily by just well what is your source like yeah like do you like your Facebook feed like do you kind of search it out through TED like I know you gave a TED yeah. talk recently like kind of um, I kind of pull it from different places but like is there a place like if you're down like is there a place you kind of like turn to or what's kind of your I, I browse a lot um, I have a couple friends like luckily I think your circle is definitely where your circle of friends is where you draw the most uh, inspiration out of I have a couple friends who I definitely go to their Facebook and I'm just like, well, this is sick. Um, I also go to a lot of puppy and kitten <laughs> websites and just look at that too because that makes me happy. You have made a lot of kitten traits in yeah. your life, so I'm not surprised by <laughs> um, that. But for inspiration, yeah, Ted is a, a great example. Um, but I, I don't know, I'm very, I feel like I'm very lucky and blessed that I see it uh, so often. Um, I work at this one restaurant right now where they, every week, um, their staff goes and uh, volunteers at the um, a mission of the road where they're uh, feeding homeless people and or people that are hungry for the most part um, and uh, it's it's so incredible to see like a, a work a bar do that like bars don't do that mm-hmm. like rest, restaurants don't do that and, and restaurants have the most food that goes to waste they have the most uh, they can basically feed the city no problem um, and if they all did it and they all even made the option on their menu like so how it works at our restaurant is at the bottom of the menu there's a, an option where you can purchase a meal uh, for a less portion of person and it's like it's such a simple thing and we all can generally do it yeah. once in a while Not you know, we can't do it all the time I'm sure that everyone's the budget but uh, we waste so much money and we always people always say when they go to give to you um, a less portion of person that oh, I don't know where they're going to spend their money well there's options out there for you to like do something and you know where the money like it's in spent. So yeah, I find it that inspiring. That's a huge thing is the collective good, right? It's just like there's just so much we can do together. Like one thing I've started doing this year is ten percent of my income I put aside and I just donate to random things, right? Awesome. I help out to different people. And so it's really cool what you can do and ten percent's not a lot and I don't think it's you know, it's a big thing to ask of people, right? But once you have that money set aside, it's like you're just willing to kind of give it away here and there and you can kind of help out in those moments. Totally. And you 
bar world is something that I bartend, so it's easy for me to think in that terms. Um, but last night, Steve Muscle gave a bunch of kegs of beer, which you know don't cost too too much. You know, it costs them a little bit, and it's really sweet of them to do it. But the, those uh, kegs turned into like something like fifteen hundred dollars, which is like it's like there's a way to kind of like use your surroundings and your resources and what you're um, good at and what you, you have a lot of friends in to kind of like multiply that. And it's just like a business sense, right? Like, well, it's crazy how we don't do that more. I saw this guy speak recently around this thing called the Plastic Bank, and what he started doing is a really cool concept. Is um, based in Haiti and developing countries, people can collect plastic show up at one of his centers and trade it in for cash Crazy. or like um, cell phone minutes or internet time, whatever they need kind of thing, right? Wow. Because he's able to take that plastic, melt it, and sell it back to the Western world and he, he kind of like frames it as like, you know, um, refurbished plastic right. and it's like reused. And so like companies that are looking for more social good can buy it now and kind of spin it off that way. Wow. But it's crazy. And so he's like, something like 4.3 trillion tons of plastic really like, we don't need any more plastic. No, we don't. We've created all the plastic we need. We have like an interest by like He loves plastic, but he's not against it. Okay. But it's like, we have enough of it, right? And it's right. just kind of look at something that we have so much of, and we're mass producing it again and again, and it's still up there. And it's like, we just don't need to make any. Yeah. How do we reuse things so it's kind of like, 100%. It's not being wasted, right? Yeah. Well, we definitely don't need enough thing like plastic. It's insane how much plastic there. There's, I, there's an island created by plastic right now in the ocean. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, but that but it's 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 super challenging. You need pioneers and people like that guy to be um, out there voicing that and to be doing it in a productive way. Um, so you know, if there's enough demand by people like you and I, and we start purchasing project uh, products based on reused plastic, then th the demand will go that way. Yeah. It's just about us as society being really conscious about it and uh, supporting people like that. Hundred percent. Um, looking back, uh, do you have any regrets? Like, if you could go back in time and change anything that you've done, is there something you would have spin off differently? I'm not sure. I never really. I try not to think that way, um, for the most part. Um, I think I would have gotten back on the skateboard sooner after the first skate. Right. Um, you only get so, you only get so long in your life to to. Okay, so all your parents are like. <laughs> What would thirty-year-old Rob tell twenty-year-old Rob if you go back in ten years and like give yourself a message? Like, what would you? The advice would you give him? Um, do skateboard more. Like, do more skates. Cause like thirty years old, it's not so easy to do more skates. Right. It's becoming uh, challenging. Um, stretch more. Stretch more. Yeah, hundred percent stretch more. Cause if you don't stretch when you're younger, it's uh, it hurts a lot more when you're older. You get yourself in the routine of stretching more. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like taking care of your, your shelf more. I think your body. Yeah. Treat your body because that's the one thing that you don't get back. That's it's it. kind of your, yeah. your baby. It's your vessel to, to you know, um, make the world better or impact people's lives. And so, yeah, keep it keep it in good shape. And, uh, yeah, don't break it down so quickly. Nice. Um, well, Sprint, uh, let people know how they can sponsor or help out. Um, if they want to donate, what can they do for this? And tell yeah. them more about your bike ride, because it's, how long is it? It's, uh, it's, the whole trip is two weeks. Two weeks. Um, we're riding, uh, 24 hours a day. Yeah. We split up into, into groups. Each group rides for 12 hours, and the other group takes over and goes back and forth, back and forth, all the way until we get, oh, the handcuffs, all the way until we get there. Um, and where are you guys starting and where are you guys ending? We're starting in Oakville yeah. and we're ending in uh, New Orleans. Oakville, Canada. Mm -hmm. really don't know that. Yeah, yeah, just outside of Toronto. Just outside of Toronto. Uh, and ending in New Orleans, okay? Yeah, and uh, so we're kind of
many kilometers total is that like miles uh, roughly? It's 3,000, but I believe that our team does 15 of it, so it's like you have basically half, yeah, or something like that. Um, and they can donate, they can go to wellspring.ca slash Rob D, um, and that's my page, but there's a lot of pages on there that you can donate to, there's about 15 to 20 years this year. Um, and yeah, if you see us, um, if you don't throw stuff at us, maybe throw stuff at us. <laughs> Do whatever, but yeah, Lost Point is an amazing organization. Um, been a big supporter of what they do uh, with cancer. We often think of uh, treatment. We often think of uh, what does Wall Spring do? Yeah, for people that don't know Wall Spring, uh, kind of give the rundown on Wall yeah. Spring because they're so a really cool organization. They're incredible. They do a lot of counseling. They do a lot of peer through support. They put people. They link people up with other people that are going through cancer, right. and I think that's so often forgotten about. Um, when you're going through something like cancer, you just want to talk about what's going on with your body, what's going on with your your, your head, uh, with someone else that's been through it or is going through it themselves. Um, it helps this is yeah, something that I've learned from you is that yeah, it seems that people, you know, whether you're young or old, it's kind of traumatic for everyone, right? Totally. And so it's kind of that support network is not always there. And so I feel like that's where you kind of really see a gap in what you've tried to do with your mission and with Wall Street is kind of when people are dealing with cancer, like what is that support system and who can they talk to and reach out to because it's a very lonely place, and um, my girl's dating recently, her mom passed away from cancer, and the same thing, like, she's had no one, right, and it's one of the toughest things, it's like, it's incredible how many people deal with it, because one in three people have it now, and yet, the amount of people that have no one to talk to about it, right, is kind of saddening in a way, because, you, you know, we're, a lot of people are going through it, and you can be more infrastructure in place to create a community around that. Yeah, and most of the time when there's counseling and stuff like that, services offered, they're always at the hospital, and it's like the last place someone wants to go after they've been go dealing with cancer is back to the hospital. So well, the Crossroads really good at creating like a homes type feel of a place, and uh, yeah, I've I've always been in awe of what they do. They're a phenomenal organization, and uh, yeah, it's something that I feel like I'm probably gonna sign up for every single year <laughs> at this point. I'm just I'm been really suckered in. I've been yeah sucked in. I just have fallen in love with what they do, and I I think it's. Uh, something that needs to be brought in more attention to, but also needs to be uh, funded more. They don't take any government funding. Everything um, that they do is privately funded, so uh, yeah, if you get a chance, make a donation. If not, just check them out. If you know someone that's going through cancer, maybe uh, point them in their direction. Cool. And if, uh, if you want to reach out to your person with a question, is there a social network or platform they can reach out to you on? Yeah, I'm not as good at Twitter as I used to be. Um, I feel like I just go on Twitter basically to read news, uh, but I'm, I'm getting really good at Instagram, so that's a, always a good one you can leave a comment on there, and it's just Rob uh, Dyer, D-Y-E-R-S-4-C, and that's the number four. So Rob Dyer, S, number four, C, on Instagram. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time, it's always great sitting on the catch on video. I feel like Thanks. we don't do this nearly as much because we're separated by so much land, um, but all the best on your bike ride, Thanks, and uh, yeah, great chat with you. We may try to organize a, a ride from Vancouver to San Diego next year, but you have no way of saying we can't do that. The bike ride? Yeah. I have no way of saying no to that. Yeah, no. it's in your city. So. I'm in 100%. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks, man. Love you. Love you, too.